Hey, welcome everyone to a Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel, joined with J.J. Cooper. You know, we almost just decided we're just going to turn this microphone on, J.J., and see what happens on a Friday afternoon. Uh, but for your weekend listening pleasure, we did actually, you know, it's impossible, I think, even with draft report cards, even with league top 20s, you chatted about the South Atlantic League today. I'm wrapping up my Florida State League. I'll chat on that next week. But as we, even as we're in prospect mode, J.J., we can't avoid the big league playoffs. We can't avoid the fact that Hernani Rabarin and Tony Renda are playing major league games that matter right now. Uh, I, I got two. I got one of those two right. Uh, you did. I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm sorry. I sort of characterized that as games that matter, but it is on the. No. It's going into baseball. Inside I mean, the last night. I mean, I, I mean, last night, that was truly crazy. Uh, watching the uh, the Reds and the. Uh, uh, the Cardinals at the end there, and you see, you're, you're watching this, and it's like, yeah, that shouldn't be the game ender, but that is the game ender. It in a game that matters. A game that matters very much to the Giants and the Cardinals. But um, but a couple things that made us think about the playoffs right now is we, we weren't going to necessarily, obviously, by the time you listen to this, the playoff picture will have settled a little bit more. We're all looking forward to next week's playoffs. We'll hope for a game 163 maybe for a little extra chaos. I don't mean to sound like Jason Stark, that Jason's got that cornered, but I do love the playoff chaos. And I, the I, I do the love the fact that stuff. the Tigers could end up playing like somewhere Sunday, four games and four. somewhere else Monday, somewhere else Tuesday, yeah. and somewhere else Wednesday. But one of the things, obviously, we always try to look ahead, and J.J. Bungley's playoff teams, it really feels like two teams, for me, are much better positioned for the future than others, and that's Boston and Chicago. The defining characteristics of both those teams is that A, they're very good this year, and B, they're very good with a lot of young homegrown players, and C, they also have some left in the in the in the, in the farm system uh, ammunition either to make trades or to supplement their big league roster and, and, going and forward. In the Red Sox case, some of it is is going to have to be to make trades because they, it's hard. I mean, I know that openings open up, but it is hard when you look around the lineup and go. Okay, well, where's the guy going to fit there? Where's the guy going to fit there? Right. They're, they're kind of penciled in. I mean, they're pretty solidly penciled in at so many positions that, you know, if Benatendi is the Andrew Benatendi we expect him to be, and if Yohan Mankata is the Yohan Mankata we expect him to be, that kind of, I mean, I, I, you could say catcher is a little bit. I, I don't expect Sandy Leone to... Uh, right, to reprise this. He's he 27. You never know. They still have Blake Swihart, who's... Out here in the ether, I don't know what his future is going to be. I know they played him some in left field this year. He obviously has caught Christian and Vasquez. He's good defensively, but it is yep. hitting much more like we expected him and Sandy Leon to right, hit. Right, exactly. But um, but the, so there is a little bit of, of uncertainty there. But there's three catchers under the age of 28. And they don't have a catcher coming up that I would point to and say that, okay, he's going to. Right. So Austin Ryan, moment of silence. Not quite moment of silence, but he has definitely not been who I thought he was. But beyond that, you look at it and say, okay, Hanley Ramirez is going to be the first baseman probably for a while to come. Dustin Pedroia is locked up for from here to eternity, I, I do believe, it's second. <laughs> right. uh, Xander Bogarts is Xander Bogarts. I know he tailed off a little second half, but you're, he's your shortstop for long term. Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts, you're not moving either of those. Obviously, Dave Ortiz will retire. And then you can have your, you know, your Travis Shaw or... Um, 
I'm just blanking on the uh, first baseman prospect they have at the. Uh, well, they have Pablo Sandoval. They have to figure out yeah, something they, to do with him. They have the Josh. What is it? Akami? Is that the kid's name? Yeah, he tailed off so have, bad the second half. They have, Sam, they have Sam Travis. Sam Travis. Who was all trying to think of when he's healthy? I think Sam Travis is competing for that job next year. Yeah, and then you still have these two minor league third basemen. One being Rafael Devers, and the other one, kind of almost who we haven't mentioned yet, Yoan Moncada. Which is, you know, he could play third base. Maybe he's an outfielder down the line. Uh, maybe he's a second baseman if you need that. They have a lot of answers. And, J.J., the real big question, of course, is what will they do on the mound? And they haven't developed a homegrown starter, really, since Clay Buckholtz. Uh, and yet, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has shown flashes. Drew Pomerantz and Rick Porcello are young enough and under control and- with, these club, with the club under contract that... They're going to be around the next three years. And I would years. expect David Price to be better than this next year. Yeah, and he's still been pretty good this year. He just hasn't. He's been erratic for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how much impact Henry Owens is going to have, but um, certainly took a hit with the Anderson Espinosa trade. But Boston seems pretty well set to compete in the short term, which was this year, and the little you know bit longer team, term. You know, another team I'll throw out like that. Where do you see Cleveland next few years? Cleveland is in that, 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 that. I was going to ask you who your number three would be. See, I was like, like, my I number three Chicago would be the Dodgers. Boston. My number three okay. would be the Dodgers. And the reason for that is is that there is significant value for one to having a Corey Seager who yes. will be paid, if he gets a very generous contract next year, you will be paying someone who basically is one of the top players in the, in the league. And you'll be paying them somewhere around six hundred and fifty, seven hundred thousand dollars if they're generous. Next right, year. right. So unless they lock him up to some massively long-term deal or something, so there's value to that. There's also with that again on the, on the star track, they're in pretty good shape, and their farm system was number one for a reason coming into this year. And so. and you throw in beyond that, like I, Jock Peterson's having a year that I, I do think is kind of kind of forgotten almost. It's like. This isn't, okay, he's not Corey Seager as a star, but this he's is... He's a productive player. He's a very productive, up-the-middle player who's very young and should continue to get better. But their farm system, we're, we're talking about guys like Bellinger, we're talking about Verdugo, they got a steal, basically. I, again, you, you don't know what you're going to get long-term in Andrew Tolles. Right. But he could, if you told me that Andrew Tolles ended up being a starting outfielder for them for the next five years... That wouldn't floor me. It wouldn't floor me because he's got first division tools. The guy was a fourth round pick out of high school and a third rounder performed, after being kicked off two college teams. And has performed whenever he's not going through the makeup issues that right. have been the concern. He's performed. Absolutely. Um, now, I actually think he's kind of important for the Dodgers because I would actually rank Cleveland ahead of LA um, if I had a little bit, if, if I thought less highly of, of LA's. Uh, for an office, I do. But, but I LA think it's has a massive finan- the massive the financial, financial advantage is, is the thing that the reason I say they're number three is. And that I feel like the, that front office will leverage that financial advantage well because current roster and looking forward, the Dodgers are so much older, and they really their lack of depth on the mound uh, this year. It's kind of remarkable how they've navigated that, and I think that their depth really played out, but. Outside of Kershaw, they really do have other questions. But but yeah. again, but when you talk about long term, Urias, Urias, De Leon, Brock Stewart, right, and then you talk about the guys who like that high A club for next year, which I keep circling, which is going to be like Walker Bueller and Yadier Alvarez, right, and uh, well, Josh Boris is higher than that. He he was in high A this year, but Trevor, right, but they have they have a massive amount of uh, pitching 
and I, I think they do a good job of uh, they've done a very good job of developing pitching. Well, see so if they can keep, if they keep going with that, but um, they're, they're changing pitching instructors. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I thought Rick Knapp did a, a a really good job of combining both stuff and a lot of guys who got better at throwing strikes, which is a very important thing. Dennis Santana is a nice sleeper that I really like. Mitchell White is another guy that you know, I, I was going to let you do it, not me. I don't, I don't have to. Mitchell White. I don't have to be John, Mitchell's agent. Jordan Sheffield. I mean, again, that is a that is stacked. It is stacked, and uh, and that's again an organization that traded away Grant Holmes and that didn't sign Kyle. Traded away Jarrell Cotton too. Traded away Jarrell Cotton, and they still have promoted Julio Urias to the to the majors and. So, this, the, their pitching depth is really impressive. And then you're talking about a double-A team that had Cody Bellinger, Alex Verdugo, Andrew Tolles, who's now in the big leagues, and Willie Calhoun, all of whom were productive. I mean, I don't know where Willie Calhoun's going to play, but the man, the man somewhere, can hit. Somewhere other than the Dodgers. He's going to get traded <laughs> because he could hit, and he'll be a shiny bauble in a in a trade uh, that the Dodgers will and make. And I, I would even rule out Kyle Farmer having a big league career. So that's Right. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So their, their farm system depth... Is impressive. They were the number one organization for a reason. Um, again, I, I like Cleveland's young core in some ways as much or better, but I think Los Angeles' financial uh, advantage is so significant. Yeah. The thing for Cleveland's big league roster as you look forward, A, we'll see how many of those pitchers they can keep. Salazar, Carrasco, Kluber, Bauer. How many of those guys, of those guys can they keep around? I do like their farm system, I think, has gotten better in recent seasons as well. They had a really but, stacked high A team this year. But they, really what but, they had. Right, but the real question for me is their outfield should is the weakest part of their major league team, and that should be the easiest part to improve. We'll see what kind of Michael Brantley ever comes back from this shoulder injury. Bradley Zimmer. Uh, Tyler Naquin, can Tyler, he keep up? Right. Well, he, especially Tyler Naquin has had a, an excellent year, a year that is beyond what I expected from him to be in Certainly. any way. However... It's not as good as it. I mean, it's 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 a little, a little bit back off, off to what we would expect more. And, and then you say, okay, then they traded away, you know, Clint Frazier, who would have right. fit very nicely in that. But right. then you still do have Francisco Mejia. Right. You've got uh, Bobby Bradley. You, it, again, they their high A club, you know, was still something where Yu Cheng Chang, Mark Mathias. I mean, there there's some there's some guys there. Anthony Santander's Santander, a nice sleeper. Nice sleeper. We kind of like him as well. So yeah, I so I agree. This is an organization that does have some really interesting pieces. I do feel like they the lower level pitching because we haven't even gotten into that. You know, again, and, and I'm not even talking. I mean, right now with Brady Aiken, I think you have to be a little bit more cautious about yes. where is Brady Aiken going to rank in this long term or not. But but again, even if you take him out of that, you you still are talking. You know, you have Tristan McKenzie who. Is a very interesting lower level arm. Definitely, yeah. They're, they're, you know, it's interesting that they've been more bold with their pitching drafts. I liked Aaron Savali out of this mm-hmm. year's draft out of Northeastern. Uh, had a nice debut, um, but McKenzie really is kind of the guy who kind of shines for me. And I guess there's some Rob Kaminsky has his fans for them as well. Yes, yes. Uh, so a, a, acquired in the Brandon Moss trade last year. So there, there are pieces in Cleveland, but they just don't have the margin for so error. The Dodgers. So that's have. the A on the AL side. That's teams that jump out to me that are in it for this year. I mean, Baltimore, I'll say, I, I give them credit. They seem to figure out a way to be in it every year. They deserve massive credit for that because... Yeah, it's not just Buck Showalter. I think the players... I think Buck Showalter deserves a lot of credit. He gets a lot of credit. But those players also, you know, like but, Adam Jones, to me, 
J.J. Uh, Hardy, Matt Weiders, they've been so strong up the middle for defensively for such a long time. But Dan Duquette also, because they, they, they've made... Hey, the, they the make, Trumbo they make, trade was a master stroke this year. Oh. Absolutely. Again, they, they take sometimes cast-offs and turn them back into being really solid players. It, it, it's, it's amazing to me that the Orioles have had the talent to overcome some of their flubs I'm really curious to see what happens with Dylan Bundy going forward because he has thrown over 100 innings this year, which they probably did not think he would exceed. Um, you've He's got Gossman. You've finally seen Kevin Gossman break breakthroughs on this year. I can see them the next couple of years if Dylan Bundy's able to stay healthy. Bundy, Gossman, and Tillman being three guys you're building around. They have the best bullpen in the in the game this year. How long can Buck keep massaging that bullpen? I mean, they have D- Darren O'Day signed for three more years, and he was hurt most of this year. But Michael Givens, now Donnie Hart, of all people, a sidearm left-hander. Um, their bullpen's fascinating, but their farm system still is not a great farm system, J.J., nope. even though they graduated to number one in Bundy. They have a legit number one in Chan Cisco, just not a ton of depth in that farm system. Before we move off the AL, the one that we have to hit on this is, so where do you see the Yankees in three years? I was going to ask you about the Astros. The Yankees and Astros, two, again, good farm systems. Now, all of a sudden, the Yankees can be said that they have a younger Major League team, and the Astros certainly have a young Major League team. Which, which, who, Whose uh, future three next three years are you buying more, Yankees or Astros? I'm buying Astros, even with the financial advantage the Yankees have, partly because, for one, they've already done it one time. Mm-hmm. They made the playoffs last year. They're going to miss the Yankees it. in the playoffs. They're, they're going to miss it this year. But they're going to miss it, you know, by a, a small amount. Yankees are too, but I, I do think that they they have more established core, because at this point, yes. what Jose Altuve is doing, we can't say that this is outlandish. He may not have the year next year that he had this year, but Jose Altuve's done this he, multiple times. Where you say he's become a perennial all star. He's a perennial all star. Carlos Correa is Carlos Correa. They brought up Alex Bregman. Long term, Alex Bregman, Gary Sanchez. Who would you rather have? That's See, a tough that, one. That's right. My point being, I not think, that I think I would rather have Gary Sanchez, but that is, I don't feel confident saying that in any stretch. My point is, is that yes, the Yankees brought up a potentially franchise-changing rookie this year. But so did the Astros. But so did the. What I'm saying is, they're not that far apart. So you bring him up. The, if, the if, Astros had very. If Alex Bregman were the everyday shortstop, and he still might be, and he might be. I think I actually I would say Alex Bregman, to be totally honest with you. As good as I think Sanchez can be. And I don't think he's going to have a 172 ops plus every year. No. But but I do I yeah. do think Alex Bregman kind of just showed everybody why he's Alex Bregman. I mean, that Albuquerque swagger comes through loud and clear. and He, he backs it up. He backs up that confidence that he takes in the batter's box every time. That's a fascinating one, again. I, I, my first instinct is the bigger, more physical guy who does have the profile catcher tools. But I think it has to be Bregman. If he and, and Alex Bregman, I mean, like I, I think I've said before, it would not shock me if he just swaggered into Houston and said, "I'm the shortstop, Carlos Correa. Where are you playing?" That, that, and it that, might happen. I was gonna say, but I'll say it this: if happen. that happened, if that happened, that would be they're two, they're very two different, very different kinds of swagger. But that'd be an awesome swagger off because Carlos Correa. Carries himself when Carlos Correa was 18. Carlos Correa was already the man, right? You know, so to have like the man and the man, like they have to work out some kind of uh, cooperative, you know, 
on the man. I'm pretty confident they'll be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I like where the Astros are. The thing is, I actually kind of prefer the Yankees' younger pitching a bit compared to Houston. Uh, that's where I worry for Houston is, um, which Dallas Keuchel, what's Dallas Keuchel going to be going forward? Um, I think we've seen the good Colin McHugh. I don't know that we're going to see that again. And then is Lance McCullers going to stay in a rotation role? With that many curveballs, it's going to be hard. Likely, but but Joe Musgrove, Joe Musgrove, Marte, and Paulina, Francis Martez and Paulina, those three guys are. And then pretty you important. throw in like guys like Brady Rogers and all to kind of fill in those. But none of those guys are front line guys for me. Lockdown number one starter, number oh, two lo- starter, lo- number, number one, one, number two starters. Francis Martez, maybe Paulino, maybe. I think of those. I think of those more you, as, but but I would argue that really again, Keuchel exceeded this last year, but I, I think. We've, we have seen, you can have, if you have a good bullpen and a lot of number threes, you can do quite fine. That's the Baltimore Orioles approach That's for sure. That's the Kansas City Royals approach the last couple of years. Yeah, the, the, uh, the, yeah but the, having that caliber of bullpen is hard to do. Is very hard to do. That's I, I think that's, whereas for the Yankees, that's my, my real question also, kind of going back to New York also is, you know, who's the guy who's going to be the leader of that rotation See, I don't think going they forward? Have a, I think it's Tanaka, and that's the question is how much... Can you count on Masahiro Tanaka? And he made 31 starts this year. I don't think I think he's better than anybody Houston has. He's 27, getting ready to oh, be 28 I, years old. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. That but might I, give it a little bit of an edge. I do like New York's far, overall farm system depth. Might be a tick better than Houston's right now. That Pulaski team was loaded. There's Triple A. Oh, I would team say the overall depth because, but that's because it's. But I think that the Astros have guys who are a lot closer to the big leagues. If you talk about over the next three years. Glaber Torres is going to be a factor in New York soon. I agree. Clint Frazier is going to be a factor in New York soon. Is there anyone? If, okay, if Alex Bregman is not eligible, is there anyone in the in the uh, Astros system you would take over Glaber Torres? No. I think Glaber Torres is the best guy. And then Jorge Mateo, I think it's going to be a factor for for the Yankees. It might be in center field. Yeah, but I, I, at that point, then you Clint are Frazier, talking about. Those are top three top 30 prospects. Oh, I think the Yankees have, again, I think both of these teams are in the mix in three years. Because we don't, we're running out of time because you got to go. Yeah. Very quickly I on think the... I, we could, well, I'll, I'll be a little late. <laughs> it's, but, it's just practice. But very quickly we'll on, talk the, about practice. on the National League side. You're, you're, you're just glossing right over the Detroit Tigers, <laughs> which is fine. This is not a future-thinking organization. I'm not sure Mike Gillich thinks three years out. I was going to so say, So maybe yeah. we won't either. Um, or Toronto. I, I will throw in that... Well, I mean, we have talked about the Rangers, and I think the Rangers are better equipped to still be in this in three years because, I again, this is a team that does have some young core. This might just have to be an American League-only podcast because the Rangers are fascinating, and I would also say this all just lines up for how depressing Mike Trout's future is in, in, with the Angels, J.J. This is only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse, and... I don't know how... I really, to be honest, you, I see, don't... You weren't here for this. I forgot. You weren't here for this. We had a thought experiment yesterday. This will be a great way to end it. I guess Joe Sheehan started this because he threw out, again, a trout scenario, and Kyle Glazer, newest Baseball America staffer, was kind of arguing, like, I'm just so tired of seeing these stories. You can't trade Mike Trout. And Mike, Matt Eddie and I was like, we're like, well, wait a, wait a minute. He's only signed through 2019. You have three years of Mike Trout left. Now, I wouldn't trade him now because two years ago they won 98 games. Last year they were eight, one game away from the playoffs. You could see, I mean, everything would have to cut, fall perfectly with Skaggs and Richards and Haney and all their injured pitchers getting healthy next year. 
and many of which who have, are not being most cut of them, on are hoping that they right can exactly recover for without TJ. So that's really unlikely. But you do have these flashes of hope from uh, Ricky Nolasco. You traded for Alex Meyer. I understand if Billy Epler wants to try to just retool a little bit this offseason, not completely retrench, and try to win next year. I, I understand that impulse if they do that. But you can't not think about. You can't. I think you have to entertain I, trade possibilities. Who's the Who's the most likely well, trade let me, partner? Let me for start them? by saying, again, I just do not think. I do not see a path short of spending Dodgers levels of right. money. And there's not much free on the free agent market. Short of that, I don't see the path that gets you from where the Angels are right now. Because as we know, there's not much in the minors. Correct. Especially upper minors. There's not all like you're not in, pointing in, to in full season leagues. There's very little. And apparently, a Kyle Glazer just told us today that uh, an Angels official was quoted on the record as saying, calling last year's first round pick lazy, Taylor Ward, their catcher. So who we were uh, not. Uh, we, we, we were, were not, not enamored on. with that pick at that time. But I, again, so yeah. So you, when you say that, then you do have to ask the question. I don't know if you can do it from the standpoint of if. This is when we're all said and done. It's about winning. It also is at the big league level about selling tickets. Right. And I wouldn't you think that if they entertain that, if they let it be known to a few teams, I mean, to me, you could just let it be known to the Yankees, the Cubs, the Nationals, maybe Boston, and just but especially te- I would I, I mean like Boston. I assume you'd want one of those outfielders back, but wouldn't you? Uh, these are all teams with a lot of money, good farm systems in the Northeast, or have a big market in Chicago that could also like sign Trout almost immediately to an extremely lucrative, lucrative extension. My Trout became the first forty-five million dollar player. I mean, if you're the Yankees, wouldn't you do anything it took to get Mike Trout in pinstripes? Uh, yeah. I mean, because again, with and the they Yankees, have ammunition for it now. With yes, I, I would. Yeah, I, if I'm the Yankees, I would. There's, you could start with literally start with, what three guys do you you I the the rosters available no trade keep you from but other than that, what three players do you want and we'll start from there. See, I was thinking from if I were the Cubs, I would imagine well you could start with Kyle Schwarber and Javier Baez. And I'm uh, saying Kyle like, Schwarber, an American and, League player. And if I'm the Angels, I'm like, we have only uh, just begun. <laughs> certainly. Oh no, certainly and. You know, I I don't. The thing is, I want I want I at least you need one. Pitching. I want, I, but also I want no, the other thing. I want that of this is, you've yet to give me if I'm if I am the Angels in a trade for Mike Trout. Gary Sanchez fits this caliber now. You've got to give me someone who, I want one of your guys from this who's young, but also is already starting. Like Javier well, Baez, close. Yeah, but, pretty close. But he's pretty close. Kyle Schwarber was starting last year. Right, but as you said, he doesn't. I mean, I'm saying like if Kyle I'm starting Schwarber, this, I'm saying no. I'm saying you know what? Doesn't Kyle you may Schwarber you may say no to me, but I want Addison Russell. I would say no to you. <laughs> so but that's I would where. Say no to you. But I'm saying I'm not doing this. If I go to the if I go to the uh, if I go to the uh, to the Red Sox, I know I'm not getting Mookie Betts in this deal. Would you really? Would the Red Sox say no to Mookie Betts for Mike Trout? They wouldn't say no. But I, but that's what that's the kind of what I'm talking about. Is is like if you said. Okay, Mookie Bet. That, which, by the way, that'd be crazy. It would be crazy. Mookie Bet's for Mike Trout straight up. The argument being, you're going to get more years of Mookie, but you're not getting that many more of Mookie. 
Yeah, I think he get a couple more years. I mean, last year was his. This is he has two and a half years of service time, and Trout has what five? Six? But, but right now, Trout is signed for the next three. Yeah, Trout bets will not be cheap very much longer. So yes, you're right. I mean, really, you, you that's have what to, I'm saying. That have the, to be the, bets plus the difficult exercise of this is the fact that when you have Trout for this many more years, this is why you probably don't do this yet. Right. Is that if you get to the point where we're going to have Mike Trout for one year. Getting four years of a guy like Mookie Betts for one year of Mike Trout, well, then you're like, well, we have to really think about this. But when you're saying, well, if we trade Trout, we can get one more year of Mookie Betts, right. well, that doesn't fix your problems. It does not. Uh, you, you really, And it has to be almost like a Herschel Walker kind of trade. I know I'm going cross-sport. But really, that's kind of – because the, the, the Angels' needs are so myriad, and there's no way you're – in any trade, like you're giving up the best player – by a lot. But the problem also with that is is that you're giving up the best player, who, by the way, makes them worth going to see. Right. Every even, night. Even if they win 68 games. Right. And that's the real one of the real problems with this is, is that whatever you do, you are going to take a financial hit for the next year or two afterwards because you go from being a potentially bad team with the best player in baseball to being a bad team that's just a bad team. Yeah, come see the retirement tour for Albert Pujols. And that's the problem I do see here because, again, if you did a Herschel Walker type trade, then you're making, then you're acquiring guys who aren't going to help you immediately, but are going to help you in in a year or two. I mean, like again, to use the cost analogy, not you're trading for draft picks, but if you trade Mike Trout for five or six, uh, a big leaguer and five or six of the best prospects in a system, well. You're going to get three or four of those guys, you hope, two to three. Right. Like, if the Braves said, you know what? Here's the low-A Rome roster. Yeah, we'll give you low-A Rome <laughs> for Mike Trout, which I think if you're the Braves, you would do that. Coffee's like, like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can have you can have, you can can have have six starters, pitch, That's right. pitching prospects. At least two have, of these guys are going to get through. You can have Ron Acuna. You can have, you know, we'll, we'll give you Austin Riley. That's we'll a fascinating idea. The Rome Braves for Mike Trout. Which, by the way, <laughs> if you literally traded the Rome... Okay, this is the other interesting thought of this exercise to wrap this up. If you traded the entire Rome Braves roster for Mike Trout, so this would be a... <laughs> let's call this a 25 for one. That's amazing. But a 25 for one. This is the best thought experiment how many, ever. How many of those Rome Braves would rank before you would get to your first, or let's say your second, Angels prospect that is currently... In, who's their first? I mean, like Matt Feist? It's Matt Thice and Jemai Jones are your one and two in some order. You can go Thice Jones or Jones Thice probably. About, I mean, like Jemai Jones. I like Jemai Jones. But, but he's not in on it in full season even, ball. And exactly. all these guys in Rome have. They're in full season and ball. And it's not like they don't have any tools. So so then if you're ordering so that. So Acuna. Acuna, Riley are the sig- most significant position prospects. With a Right. But you also do have, you have a couple other interesting guys. Patrick, Am- Anthony Seymour's interesting. Ray Patrick Ditter's interesting. Uh, I could really run. So we're not counting Tyler Flowers. I guess Lucas, a, Lucas, Lucas Herbert, Herbert is interesting, you, but not interesting but, enough. You know, but he's hey, he's he might he's, be better than Taylor Ward. He's, he's, I was going to say he may be the better defensively than Taylor Ward. Mike Soroka, Tuki Toussaint, Patrick Weigel, Ricardo Sanchez. Hey, they just be like, hey, you look familiar. Yeah, Max, uh, Max Freed, Colby, Colby Allard. Allard. Corbin um, Klaus is an interesting yeah. uh, reliever who kind of popped up. Devin 
Devin Watts is going to would be immediately be again one of the more interesting relievers in the Angels system. I would say that if you did that, AJ Minter, AJ Minter was that you? Yeah, we're counting him for this. Chase Johnson Mullins. Don't people like Chase yeah, Johnson? Yeah, I, I like him a little. He's a lefty, a big lefty who throws pretty hard. Yeah. So, if you did that, I do think that you would say that the the Rome Braves would be probably seven to eight of your top nine to ten prospects. I was going to say, say like they'd be at least ten of the top twelve or mm-hmm. fifteen. I agree. So I agree. Now again, that's this, a fascinating. This trade experiment. will not happen. No, but that would be uh, again. That would, that's like a baseball America fever dream, is like, what that is. Because I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about trading the best prospects. I'm saying like, no. If you actually said, no, just, you get the Rome. The Rome. You know, let's let's call it this way. The you know what? You wouldn't get Weigel this way. You get our Rome championship roster. Like. No, I'm not doing it without Weigel. <laughs> yeah, I'll have Weigel. Okay. Have okay, well you gotta give us one back then, because you're only gonna get you're only gonna get we're only gonna give you twenty five. We're not giving you we're not giving you twenty six. I don't know who else was on the playoff roster there, but that's a fun thought experiment. We're gonna have to run that with the America with the run through the whole National League with that. But I do think, JJ, that the American League that's what one of the reasons why teams like Cleveland and Texas and Boston are at the tops of their divisions, because there's that good young big league players as well. The energy uh, in this era of Major League Baseball, I think, is crucial. In this post-Mitchell Report world, however you want to put it, you got to go young or you're going to go home for me. So I don't. I, maybe I'm oversimplifying it. but No, I do think, though, but it is. Again, I just don't see how where the Angels. You could sign three good free agents, and I don't think that's enough for the Angels right now. Yeah, they're in a tough spot, and at some point, uh, Mike Trout and his representatives, I have to look out at that and, and look at. But that. again, that's why they did. They're only there. I mean, it's three more years. That feels like forever, but it's three. And again, how this works: if you get to when you have one or two left, that's when the economic. I do think that the difference is is that right because of the economics how it works. If you're trying to acquire big leaguers in it, and you want to get young, inexpensive big leaguers who are going to have a lot of team control, who are established. Well, again, when you've got three years still on the clock, that 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 changes those numbers very much compared to one or two. Yep, I think that. 20, Although again, the the twenty five man Rome roster. I still think twenty. I think twenty seventeen. I think that the 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 Angels try to retool a bit around the edges of their roster, hope for health, and see what can happen. But uh, Houston's going to be better next year, I think. Uh, we'll see if Seattle can do this again. But they've been a fun story this year. And Texas, I just don't think Texas is going anywhere. What is the seven winning years in the last eight seasons and a lot of playoff appearances in that in that stretch as well. So I got to run to practice. We're talking about practice, not a game, but practice. JJ's got to run home for the weekend. We're going to have to do this again on Monday and mm-hmm. go over the National League yep. in between draft report card calls. For JJ, I'm John. We'll see you at the next PA podcast. So long, everybody.